Praise God. Welcome, family. I miss you all, and I pray that uh, the peace of God is resting in you and your home, that everyone is healthy and strong. Those beautiful songs there uh, that we just sang with our worship. And <clears throat> I do pray that you are worshiping with us, that you're not just watching. That uh, this isn't uh, just something that is, is, is nice to watch, but you're worshiping at home, and that the presence of God can be felt in your your homes, wherever you're watching this. And uh, I have this message today that I've been wanting, that the Lord's told me to bring, and, and I've, I've been wrestling with it, because no one likes to talk about these things. There's a few different reasons um, that people don't like to talk about it, because it, it's the end times messages are clouded with a little bit of mystery, and some people don't like to talk about it, because... It, there, there are some times that seem to be challenging, and a lot of ministers drift away from that. And the Lord has dealt with me in such things that, you know, sometimes ministers don't want to preach the whole gospel. See, we, we can't just preach part of this word. We've got to preach the Old Testament and the New Testament. We've got to preach the promises of God and the judgments. We've got to uh, teach the whole thing. We've got to encourage, but we also have got to challenge. And see, the problem is there's too many um, people flocking to churches that will preach a message that will only tickle their ear, and, and, and they will avoid topics that create controversy. But here's what I read and remember, and I'm reminded of in the Word of God, that Jesus, all throughout His ministry, was surrounded by controversy. Why? Because people's old nature, their old systems of belief, their old paradigms were challenged when Jesus came into the picture. See, truth is going to go against lies of the enemy. And some of us have uh, believed the lies. Some of you have a paradigm that surrounds your judgments that is not accurate. Perhaps it was the way you were raised or the way you were schooled but it doesn't mean that it is the right way. And to change that, you've got to admit, perhaps mom and dad had it wrong. Perhaps auntie and uncle had it wrong. Perhaps my teachers or professors didn't have it correct. Because we've got to go to the Word of God and say, what does He say in His Word? Regardless of what mom and dad says, regardless of what the teachers or professors or the other relatives said, this, the Word of God, is the thing that rules above all else. I had someone ask me one time, what does my religion have to do with my politics? Absolutely everything. He is Lord of all or is not Lord at all. Of all means every aspect, every area of your life. It means in your finances, it means in your relationships, in your love life, your marriage, the raising of your children. We don't do it the way the world says, we do it the way the Word says. We've got to get back to the Word of God. And myself and other preachers have got to get back to preaching the entire Word, not just the parts that make people feel good. I know that I could change my message. I could give just a glowing um, encouragement week after week after week about God's promises and His blessings and His favor in your life. Yes, those are true. I bring those messages. But there's the opposite is true. The way we live matters. It matters. So now we're forced to look at this time that we're in, this, this, the, the life we're living today, we are living in historic times. 
unprecedented. Yes, there's been things that have going on in the world all throughout history, but at this time, today, in your life, in my life, we've got to be paying attention. And if you're paying attention, you can't help but to notice that things are happening. Things are going on that not only affect us here in this, this Mount Pleasant area, but all of Michigan, all of the United States, all of the world as a whole is going through, going through things right now. Mm -hmm. And we can't ignore that. that for, for the entire world to be going through something at the same time, I believe is a message to all of us. Maybe it's a rattling of your cage. Sometimes when you try to wake someone up and they're, they're, you're calling their name, you're flicking on lights, they don't want to get up, and they're in a deep sleep, as some of us have been. Someone's got to go and rattle our bed, rattle the cage to stir you into awake, get, to wake up you, you sleeper, to wake up your mind, to observe what's going on around you. And it's very important because we read in Matthew 24, Mark 13, uh, Daniel 12, they all talk about the end times. And, and I know that some people get uncomfortable with this, and I know that a lot are interested. And I'm going to begin to study that. But this is what I believe. We are in a time and a season that we need to be paying attention. I believe that time and season uh, probably started in uh, September 2015. And this is why I say that. We had the blood moons, the tetrad, four blood moons in a row. And all throughout history, we know that... Um, when that happened, something significant happened. This, a time changed, a season changed. And, and we had that in 2015, and things weren't looking good. I believe that the prayers of God's people intervened, and God acted in such a way to preserve us and give us a reprieve, as many would call it. And we know that this is true in Genesis uh, 1.14. He says that he uses the sun and the moon for signs and times. We know times a day. The, the sun is up during the day and moon's out at night. But he says also for signs, for seasons, for times. And we had that and here we are today as we look around at the things that are going on in the world today. We are reading about uh, numerous things. See, you know what we fail to realize it's not only the coronavirus that is going on. Let me just share a few things with you. We know that in uh, Europe, they have high windstorms that are creating havoc and bringing much damage. This is in 2020. We know that right now on the African continent and moving across is a swarm of locusts that are destroying every green plant. They're destroying crops, they're destroying trees, fruit trees and destroying the substance that they need. And a herd of locusts, uh, uh, they're just swarming through there and they're moving now towards the, towards the Middle East. Now how do you think that's going to affect them? Their, their future crops, the food that they're going to be eating. So now it's a swarm of locusts, but the damage that they've created is now going to transform into a famine of sorts when they go for harvest time and there's nothing to be harvested because it's been destroyed. So this thing that we're dealing with today is going to be a problem tomorrow. We're also reading that in Brazil, uh, there's, there's floods so massive that there's uh, mudslides coming through and destroying and wreaking havoc on homes and villages there. We also read in uh, 2020 that Iran and Turkey are suffering earthquakes unprecedented like no other time before. In the Middle East, there they got storms stirring and going. And we're reading in, in, uh, in, in news today that there's uh, super storms and there's, 
there's all these different things that are happening that they are unexplainable because they haven't happened before. And now also globally, the world is dealing with this COVID-19. These, I would say, are signs of the times. When Jesus spoke to his disciples, and Matthew uh, gives an account, Mark gives an account, he gives a, a prophetic announcement. He tells his disciples, these are the things that you will see. Now this is what I'm going to read this verse, and I'm going to share it with you, and it's found in Matthew 24, and I'm starting in verse 6. And what this is saying is Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he's telling them what to expect. He's telling them what to be on guard for, what to look out for, and not to be surprised by these things. Now here's the thing. Jesus is talking. He's speaking. This is New Testament. It has nothing to do with Old Covenant or New Covenant. It has nothing to do with Old Testament or New Testament. This is the Word of God going out. It's for you and I and it's for today. Although he was speaking specifically to them, the disciples at that time, it is for you and I today. So let us pay attention. Let us go to the Word of God and see what that says. <clears throat> and I'm going to go ahead and follow along. And uh, here it says, and let me say, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see that it is not, that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famine and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. I just want to stop right there for a moment and look at what it says, that, that word. In the original Greek, it says sorrows. When you translate that sorrows, it means birth pains. And all you women out there who have uh, had the privilege of having a child, you understand what birth pains means. And, and here's the thing. He says, and the end is yet to come. What does birth pains represent? Well, I know when my wife uh, was giving birth to our children that, you know, there was the beginning pains of just first her body growing, changing. Then there was something, Braxton Hicks, con uh, um, uh, what are those called? Contractions. Contractions. <laughs> Thank you. Braxton Hicks. And now those weren't the real ones. Those were just getting the body ready. Just letting you know, hey, something's going on in here, and it's going to be happening soon. And as time progressed, the contractions became more severe and more frequent. So what do we see the Word of God saying? He's saying that you're going to see these things. There's going to be earthquakes and famines, and you're going to hear wars and rumors of war. Yes, we've heard those things all along. I get that. Yes, that's true. But they're becoming more frequent and more severe. And as we approach the day and the hour, it's going to be more frequent and more severe. Until such a time is that birth is given. And that birth that we're talking about is the full gospel manifested. The full gospel is not only that Jesus came, He was born of a Virgin Mary, He lived and He died on the cross for our sins, He was buried and He was resurrected and He went to heaven, but the full gospel is that He's coming back again. He is coming back again, and the question is, is he's gonna, Is He going to find you ready? Not only ready, but working. Working to advance the kingdom of God. And he goes on and he says, Then you will be handed over and persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. 
At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands to the end will be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So we got a few things here. Um, I'm, I'm encouraging you to wake up and look around and see that we have some end time things happening. But the end is yet to come. Not quite yet have we been given over to persecution, but we see it rumbling, at least here in the States. I know in, we had um, just, just a, a while ago, and it happens frequently, it's just not reported by mainstream, because it doesn't support God's agenda, but we had 21 Coptic Christians, meaning Egyptian Christians, that were led by Muslims onto a beach, and their heads cut off from their body because of their faith and belief in Jesus Christ. Now, my question to you is, do you here in the U.S., the United States Christians, do you think that God's only going to allow persecution around the world, but not to the U.S.? I don't have that answer. But I would dare say that we've got to be ready for whatever may come. I've got to know, know this, that they persecuted Jesus, and if they persecuted Jesus and his disciples, why won't they persecute you? I've watched film and news media of, of conservatives at rallies who get beaten, spit on, their signs torn up. They've been treated poorly for just saying a conservative message. They've tried to shut down their businesses. They've tried to do different things. But we know these things as part of the end time. Uh, Labor pains increase, they become more intense, contractions get closer, we got swarms of locusts flying around, we got all these things going on, we got revolutions and protests globally, world markets are crashing, Tr trillions have been lost, headlines are crazy day after day, no one can seem to get along. I would dare say these are signs of the times. And this is what Christ says in, in Mark 13, 28 through 29. Now learn a lesson. I love that. Right off the bat. Learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you can know that his return is very near, right at the door. Am I saying Jesus is coming back this year? No, I'm not saying that. I, I think there's other things that need to take place. I think we're in the season. I think the, the, the third temple needs to be built. I think there needs to be some other things going on that uh, before uh, we see His uh, glorious entrance. But I do think that we need to uh, be on guard. I do think we need to be about the Father's business. 
I do think we need to be busy at doing kingdom work. I think we need to be getting creative and doing what we can. I think we got to stop being uh, cowards and chickens and, and scaredy pants. And we got to start preaching the word of God with boldness and strength, whether they like you or not, whether your job fires you or not, because it's not them that's your provider, it's Christ that's your provider. And listen, you might say, Pastor, it's easy for you to say, because you're not in my position, you don't know, you don't know where I've been, you don't know what I've gone through, and I've given up everything to pursue the call of God in my life. So I'm not telling you anything that I'm not willing to do or haven't done already, what I'm telling you to do is what the Word of God says. Don't be ashamed of the Gospel or His name. He said, if you're ashamed of him, his gospel, he'll be ashamed of you before his father. I'm encouraging you this morning to be bold, be strong, be courageous. God is with you. He will give you the words to say. He will give you the boldness to say it. Listen, this is just a start. The Lord has given me a newfound boldness. I've been tiptoeing around certain subjects and certain things, but no longer because the Lord has convicted me. I've got to preach the whole gospel, the whole truth. I'm going to preach on those things that I know are going to stir some of you up. Perhaps you might leave the church. I hope not. But if you do, God will replace you with some who are faithful, some who accept the whole entire word of God and preach it boldly and have my back and say, Amen, Pastor, preach it on and not talk about you behind your back. That's what I'm praying for. That sort of church, an end time church that will be pleasing and honoring to God. Not a compromising church, not a wimpy and scared church, but a bold, strong and courageous Faithful church that will serve the Lord. Amen? Signs of the time. Isaiah 5, uh, verses 20-23. What sorrow for those who say evil is good and good is evil. That dark is light and light is dark. That bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think of themselves so clever. What sorrow for those who are heroes at drinking wine and boast about all the alcohol that they can hold and take bribes to let wicked go free and they punish the innocent. We get people getting locked up for standing on the Word of God, for praying in public places, for, for speaking out. I've heard the older saints talk about the revivals of old. I talk about, I, I hear the saints of old talk about the, the revivals they used to have and how they would tarry in the Lord and the Holy Spirit would fall and they would be there all night. And I remember some of those tent meetings when I was a young kid and I was sleeping on the back row and, and the, the peace and power and presence of God was in that place. And I remember the healings and I remember the tearing the night after night and revivals would go for weeks. I remember those days. And sometimes we talk about those and we say we want those days to return again. But this is something that we got to realize. I, I think it's possible, but here's a realization. Let's look at who's giving those testimonies. It's our parents. Perhaps you and I, but you remember it from back then. What was the morality back then? Back then you were watching on TV, Leave It to Beaver or Full House and Family Shows. Now you're watching... Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. You're watching uh, drag queens doing different weird things. You, you're watching Naked and Afraid. You're watching all this filth and garbage on TV. Now they got new series uh, that are portraying Jesus as a homosexual. They're betraying, they're making 
making Lucifer look like he's a good guy. That's the morality of today. People don't even acknowledge the existence of Jesus Christ anymore. They have uh, situational ethics. Something might be okay in this situation, but not in that situation. Absolute morals aren't there anymore, but I'm here to tell you that they are. And a revival will only come when we live in such a way that we honor and please God, not only in church on Sunday, but throughout the week in our homes. We've got to be aware, awake, and watching in the mighty name of Jesus. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit doesn't come to a compromised group, but it comes to those who are sold out for the Lord. When Jesus, before he ascended to heaven, he told his disciples, who were already saved, go to Jerusalem and tarry and wait there for me. They waited there with one mind, one accord. They were worshiping. Everything else was on hold. They were waiting for the Lord. And He came in such a way that you read in Acts 2 that the Holy Spirit came and fell down on them. It sounded like a whirlwind was in there and cloven tongues of fire landed on each one of them and they were empowered in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I'm praying for that revival again today. Because without that equipping and empowering of the Holy Spirit that is separate and distinct from salvation, I don't know that we can withstand the end times. The other things that are coming. What we're dealing with today, COVID-19 and locusts and mudslides and hurricanes and typhoons, that's just the beginning. That means if it's birth pains, what Jesus said in His Word, more will come, more intensity, more severity, and are you going to be able to take the test of time? This is what I want to encourage you to do. Proverbs 27.12 A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly and suffers the consequences. What precautions do you need to take in your life today? If, if, if you can't find toilet paper on the shelves, maybe you should get a couple, two, three rolls. Perhaps you should think out of the box. Instead of buying the family pack, go to Gordon's and get the custodial pack, the big rolls. Whatever it is. I'm just talking in the physical right now. This is also what I, I wanted to say. The, in Proverbs 21.20, There are precious treasures in oil in the house of the wise. This is the amplified version. Who prepares for the future. But the short-sighted and foolish man swallows it, swallows it up and wastes it. If we know that this is just the beginning of birth pains, if when we know that right now they're limiting, there's uh, limits on how many of this product you can get or how many of that product you can get, and this is all because of a virus, what, if anything else, any more severe than that happens, where are you going to be? And some people, well, Pastor, I don't think that will happen. Well, did you think we were going to be in a global pandemic? Did you think the kids would be out of school? Did you think business would be closed down? Did you think that we would be having an extension right now to the, to the quarantine? Did you think any of that? No, you didn't. Now, think about what is out there in the future that we got to be prepared for. But more than that, during the remainder of whatever time of quarantine we have, I pray that... We get back to normal soon, but until we do, you got to keep your mind right. You got to keep your sanity. You, you got to get in the Word. And I'm encouraging those who will listen double down on your Word, on your devotions, on your prayers, on your worship. 
and your exercise. Keep your, your body strong. I've been getting some calls about people, and I've experienced a little bit myself with our family. Tempers are getting short. People are getting a little bit snippy. Things are going on. You know, the dog's barking at the squirrel, and I'm yelling at the squirrel for making the, ball, the dog bark. You're just getting a little bit on edge. Go outside, get a walk. Just because you're outside doesn't mean you're going to catch COVID. It's, it's sun shining. Yes, we got to use wisdom. Get some fresh air. Get some exercise. Double down in your word. Now here's the thing. Perhaps this time that we're at home with our family and, and loved ones is the time for us to prepare ourselves spiritually and emotionally for whatever else may come. Perhaps this is a time and a season where we, you have more time on your hand than you know what to do with. Read the Word of God. Read a good devotional. Spend time with the Lord. Say all your prayers, absolutely, but spend some quiet time with Him. God is a relational God. He wants to speak to you also. And chances are He's speaking to you. Are you quieting your mind and heart? Are you being still and knowing that He is God? Are you listening? Like Samuel said, Here I am. Your servant is listening. Whatever you're doing, double it in this season, in this time. Add some fasting to this. If you're like me, and you're getting a COVID belly, you could use some fasting. Again, get in your word, get some exercise in, bond with your family, worship God. Don't let this time go through and we go back to uh, the government, the, the, the world is open as usual, and this time would have been wasted just waiting. Don't waste this time and this opportunity. And I believe that it may be a blessing in disguise, a blessing in disguise to prepare us for the future. Christ's return. This is what I want to tell you. Although we may be in the season, Mark 13, 32 says, but... About that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert, you do not know when the time will come. We know the seasons, but you don't know the day or the hour. I'm not saying a day or an hour, I'm not proclaiming that, I'm not that foolish. What I do want to say is, be alert, be on guard, be watchful, get to work. Let him finding you, let him find you ready. In Mark, it talks, to, it talks about that. And I just want to give you a, a, a scripture reference for Mark and what he says there. And um, so it's Mark 13, verses 35. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back. It's given a story, it's given an analogy of uh, owner of a house leaving and the servants have to be keeping the house up. The servants have to be working. And what happens when the owner of the house returns and finds you taking a nap on the job and, or not doing what he's told you to do? It's similar to Jesus Christ leaving to heaven, preparing a place for us. And when he returns, is he going to find you faithful in your service to him? Take notice. Pay attention. Draw close to the Father. Repent, live right in the sight of God. The way you live matters. And I'm going to end with this last verse. 
And if you go to your Bibles, I'll just reference it, John 15. And this is New Testament, this is red letters, Jesus talking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Remain in him. Be faithful. The way you live matters. It affects your prayers, it affects your preaching, it affects the message that you give. Pay attention, be awake, uh, wait, excuse me. Draw close to God, because that's the only way we can have the protection, is that we're underneath the wing of God. So at this time, I just want to encourage you to be faithful with your tithe and offering. We are, we have the drop box here. I thank you for you, the, the ones that you, you have been. May the blessings of God be upon you, in Jesus' name. Before Ezekiel comes to pray the, the blessing, or speak the blessing in Psalms 91 over you, um, I just feel impressed that there may be some watching us now, or maybe some watching us later, that hears this message, but doesn't know Christ as our personal Savior. And so I want to walk you through that. Um, as we end this morning, that if you're, if you don't know or you haven't prayed that prayer, maybe you have and you walked away from God, that you can simply pray that prayer again. And it is three simple steps that we accept Him as our Lord and Savior. We believe that He died on the cross for my sins, and He rose again three days later, and now sits at the right hand of our Father, and that we confess our sins to Him. So I have a simple prayer that I'm going to pray, and that if that is you, um, I, I ask that you pray this prayer with me. And then, if you're willing, to put in the comments that I accepted God as my Savior today, Jesus as my Lord and Savior today, so that we can connect with you. Because walking this road alone is hard, and we were never meant to do it alone. So we want to connect. We want to be able to get some things in your hands. We have a little book called Next Steps that can help you walk through the next few months, few weeks, few years of, of your new relationship with Christ, because we want to see you succeed in that. And so does our Heavenly Father. So let's pray together. Jesus, I ask you today to forgive me of the wrongdoings in my life. I believe that you died for me and rose again three days later. I ask you to come fill my heart as my personal Lord and Savior and help me to live a life that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And it's as simple as that. It doesn't have to be a long uh, drawn out prayer. We just have to accept him, believe in him, and confess our sins to him. And he is faithful to come um, live inside of us and guide us through that. Alright. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. 
A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but he will not come near you. Amen. God bless you all. We love you. We miss you. Stay connected. Amen. God bless you. Peace be with you in Jesus' name.